Thank you so much, Adrian, for joining today's podcast show on We Don't Play. How are you, man? Uh, first off, thanks a lot for having me, man. Um, uh, I am super happy to be here. Love the energy of the show. And I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, it's a little early morning for me, so I woke up like an hour and a half ago. Probably got, you know, a little bit of boogers in my eyes right now. Still. <laughs> that, man, I'm doing lovely right now. That's good. That's good. I'm glad that you're here to join us because this type of conversations, when they happen, people are like, how did this happen? What did he do? And this is the episodes that I know do a lot better than others just because there's a story to it. And not that every podcast has its own unique thing, but there's always something to learn from every podcast you listen to. And I know you're, you're going to bring this today. So just tell us a little bit more of how did you even get to this point where you even had a hypnotherapy business like what happened yeah so funny story okay so long story but i'm gonna make it short by giving you enough context so in 2014 i promise i'm not gonna go year by year but in 2014 i experienced a heartbreak and it was like the kind of it was a high school heartbreak so the heartbreak where your whole world comes crumbling down or at least i thought my world was crumbling down and so i my like my entire attitude and my mentality went to crap and I stopped taking care of myself when this uh, breakup happened and within four years I lost my job um, I was unemployed I was making all my money through selling weed to be honest with you and I gained a hundred pounds in four years so I gained a lot of weight within that time span that's an important part of the story because as I was a hundred pounds heavier one of my friends change my life because I woke up one day and I decided to call my friend over just to come and hang out and smoke with me like it was just like hey man like I have a blunt you want to come hang out and smoke and he was like sure so he comes over he opens up the door and I open the door without a t-shirt on and he looks at me up and down as soon as he opens as soon as I open the door he looks at me up and down he's like damn Adrian you got fat and I was like oh my god I was like I know I did but like for some reason it hurt you know, it was like, I knew I was getting out of shape at the time. Um, and some people had said some stuff, but it didn't really bother me. But for some reason, when he looked at me and said that, something in me got so angry, not at him, but at me. Cause I was like, how did this happen to you? I was like, how did you blow up like this? And so I decided to take that anger and I looked at him and I said, you know what? You're right. But I'm about to lose all of this weight. Just watch. He didn't really believe me. I wouldn't have believed me either if you knew me at that time. But I was very serious about it because when he left, I went inside. I YouTube, you know. Um, uh, so another part of the story is before I gained all this weight, I had a six pack. I was in shape. I did bodybuilding. So all through high school, I was like in shape. I was a weightlifter. That was my thing. So I still had the knowledge of a bodybuilder, right? Even though I was, I gained a lot of weight, I still knew how to turn that part of myself on and how to train. So I went on YouTube and I, the only thing I wasn't super intelligent at was nutrition. So I just went on YouTube and started like learning about different meal plans. And then I built out my workout plans on a journal. And then the very next morning I woke up, I went nine months and I lost 91 pounds in a nine month stretch. And so I ended up losing 91 pounds. And as I lost 91 pounds, 
that led me to becoming a personal trainer. And so as I become a personal trainer, you know, you want to help other people do something similar than you, uh, like you, one of the things about entrepreneurship is you love to solve problems that you solve for yourself, mm -hmm. right? And so I was like, okay, let me see if I can go help other people do the same. So I become a fitness coach. And throughout my fitness journey, I was noticing something very, very interesting. I mean, throughout my fitness coaching journey. So I charge very expensive, um, not when I was a fitness coach, I was very expensive. It was $5,000 for three months of coaching. And so I would have somebody pay me $5,000 and change their whole life. They, you know, they lose the weight and just start changing their habits and their life will change. Then I have somebody else pay me $5,000. But instead of changing their life, they had like this big old book of excuses and just threw it at me. And I was like, I can't work out. I can't do this. I can't do that. And so they, pay, they paid me money but they weren't taking the actions in my program. And so instead of getting angry, I get curious. And I'm like, why the heck are people not? So I get curious, I'm like, why do people want something so bad and, no, and have the plan to get it, but don't do it? I was like, why, why do we know what to do but still won't do it? And so this curiosity drove me into wanting to understand why people do what they do. Because if I can understand why people do what they do at the most fundamental level, then I can change why they do what they do by having a real understanding of why they do what they do. And so that took me down the rabbit hole of YouTubing like neuroscience. And I learned about Dr. Joe Dispenza and I learned about neural pathways. And then here I am being turned on to this world of neuroplasticity and being able to change your mind, like literally changing your brain, changing the way you see yourself and becoming a different person because weight loss, if you look at it, it only comes down, it only comes down to behavior change. Right? Like if you want to lose weight, you have to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, so I can help people rewire their brains, become different, and lose the person who gained the weight. So they never have to worry about gaining the weight back. And so that is what got me really invested into um, understanding how the mind worked. And that's what led me to becoming a hypnotherapist. Because what I would do was I was looking up online like therapy because I was trying to figure out how to change people's like brains and stuff and how to change the way people saw themselves. And you know, I started naturally thinking about therapy. So I started looking at therapies, but there wasn't a lot of really effective therapies. You know, I, I, I love therapists um, because a lot of them do come from a good place, but you know, like traditional therapy has a 38% success rate um, on an average of 22 to 26 sessions. And so it's just not that high of a success rate. And so I was like, okay, I gotta figure out something that's more effective. Then I stumbled upon hypnosis and hypnosis is known to have a 93% success rate in three sessions or less I mean in five sessions or less and so when I saw that success rate I was like okay this might be real so I hired a hypnotist to help me overcome my fear of public speaking and it worked and when it worked I was like whoa this stuff is actually real and then that's when I said you know I'm gonna dedicate my time to learning how to do this kind of work and that's my very long answer to your super short question <laughs> how I got into being a hypnotherapist. But that's basically the story about how I got into the hypnotherapy space. No, I love this. This is why I love this show, because you end up going to places that you didn't plan to. 
and that's what brings the sauce you know to the exactly to the to the, to the whole table you know so exactly. i appreciate that for some people they're wondering okay hypnotherapy i know what therapy is but what is hypnotherapy because when they think about hypnosis they're like oh and then something happens so it can sound weird to some people too <laughs> like let's be honest like hypnosis typically people think of like you know somebody doing this little watch thing or maybe you're thinking about somebody on stage who says you know quack like a duck and they make you quack like a duck or hypnosis is nothing more um so the fundamental the, what hypnosis actually is is it's not a state of mind Hypnosis is a tool that gets you into a state of mind. And the state of mind it gets you into is one of theta brain waves. Mm. So right now, you're in beta brain waves. Now that's I'm boring you. If I'm boring you, you're in alpha. But likely if you're engaged, you're in beta. So beta brain waves are when you're like fully awake. Okay, it's like you're fully awake and you're like engaging in your day-to-day life, right? Like you're you're working right now, you are definitely in beta. And then just beneath beta, you fall into alpha. Alpha is whenever you're taking a nice walk and it's like you just calm down, right? You just go take a walk, you say, oh, I feel so good just walking right now, nice and quiet, you feel calm. That's alpha. Um, whenever you're doing a slight meditation, right? Just like a slight meditation, you fall into alpha. Um, whenever you look at, let's say if there's somebody that you're deeply in love with. Like if you're genuinely in love with somebody and you look at them in the eyes, that will take you into a state of alpha. That'll take you into like this like loving state or even looking at your baby, right? Looking at your kids will knock you into the state of alpha. Now below alpha, we have theta. Theta is what happens whenever you're taking a nap. Theta is what happens whenever you are dreaming. This is powerful because in theta, your the doorway in between the conscious and unconscious mind, it swings wide open. And this means you can go in and change your subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is what like, you know, really makes a lot of your behaviors happen. And so hypnosis is a tool that gets people to slow their brain waves down to theta brain waves so you can reach the core of the problem a lot faster and change it a lot faster rather than doing it through other kinds of therapies where you're in beta you're fully in a in a fully in a wakeful state but there's a strong hindrance between the conscious and unconscious mind and it takes a longer time to understand what's going on. So a hypnosis is nothing more but a tool that gets you into theta brainwaves. There's nothing more, nothing less. Um, that's like the really scientific a, a basis to it. It's not abnormal. You're always hypnotized in some way, shape or form. Like if you believe you're not good enough, is it because you hypnotize yourself into thinking you're not good enough? Um, or if you believe you're the freaking best marketer on the planet, like you hypnotize yourself to believe that. And so you're always hypnotized in some way, shape or form. The next time you're watching a TV show, you read an ad and you buy something from that advertisement, understand that you just got hypnotized to buy that thing. And so hypnosis is really, that's really what it is. Whoa, big. That theta, alpha, beta is yep. big. Because now people listening, they're like, oh, am I in beta right now? Am I in alpha right now? Am I, <laughs> am I taking a walk or am I listening to this conversation, you know? 
Exactly. And in theta, what happens is it's like your 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 experienced part of yourself is turned on. What I mean by this is think about the dream you had last night, right? Did it feel like a dream when you were in it? No. It feels like it's real life, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm thinking about the dream I had last night. I had the weirdest dream. I was in a movie theater at one point, at another point I was on a ship and I got we got hit by another ship. My dreams are crazy. But in the midst of a dream, you don't know it's a dream. It feels so freaking real. Mm-hmm. So when you're in theta, I can tell you, you are worthy and deserving of everything that you want. And like a dream, that becomes your reality. And all of a sudden, you're looking at the world through the eyes of I'm worthy and deserving of everything that I want. And so theta is a powerful brain, a powerful brain wave to make changes happen that stick. Is this why, now it's making me a little curious because I two things came to mind. Is this why it's important to tell your baby, your child, your kid when they're sleeping or even when the baby's just born, you can sing a song to them. That's what my dad did to my, my, my brother when he was born, like singing, you know, good songs, gospel songs, just Same powerful speaking words, life. Right? Yeah, speaking life into him. You know, is that is that why? Yeah, that's very true. So when you're born, you actually are not. You don't. You don't even have the capacity for beta. You are born in theta. So you're as as a child, you don't develop beta until you're about four-ish, five-ish is when you start developing that conscious, critical thinking mind where you can sit there and kind of like, oh, you know, like maybe that is not right. Like when you can actually start discerning your own decisions and stuff like that, yeah, that is when you start picking up beta. But before that, you're basically all theta, and that's why it's like you know it's really impactful to hold your baby and say you know you're worthy and deserving of everything that you want. It's safe to be yourself. It's safe to use your voice, right? Like you can have the things that you want. Uh, what you want wants you right back. You matter. You're significant. These kinds of things to a child. Yeah, it's very, very, it has a very large impact on them, um, whether they're sleeping or not. If they're below, before that age of four, at the prime time, you know, to, I guess you could say, install powerful belief systems into them. Um, but the reality is, is I've seen uh, the, the, the whole, you know, giving your child a positive outlook and all of that, that that's something that should be taken care of all through teenage and all of that, of course. But um, it definitely has a strong impact beforehand because you are basically living in theta and alpha all the time. Babies are not in beta. There's not going to be a single one-year-old who's critically thinking, right? Like, <laughs> that, that one-year-old, they're all over the place, right? They're like in their own little la-la land. They're in their own little dream world. That's where you can make their dreams come. You can make dreams come true for them in that state. So yeah, it's very powerful. And that's why, even if they're not sleeping and they're awake, they're still in theta because they're not fully developed. Exactly. It, it takes about four years, four to five-ish years, for them to fully have that beta part of their brain, and that's when we start sending them to school. You know, because you're around that brain is when you're really active and you're engaged and you're able to like go back and forth. And so, yeah interesting because i started school when i was two so i can only imagine how much theta waves i was creating wow this is so big man i appreciate this conversation because now it's making a lot of people think like what am i going to be doing and how do i 
put myself in a situation where like if i'm sleeping i want to think of something you know when they say oh dream of me when you're about to sleep it's like you're, yeah. you're going inside that theta mode with the thought of that person in mind yeah, visualization before bed is powerful. I became a very, other than getting hypnotized, I did get hypnotized to believe I was a phenomenal speaker. Um, and ever since I got hypnotized to believe I was a phenomenal speaker, I've been a very good speaker. Um, but also I decided to, after that session, lay down and visualize myself um, sleeping. Uh, I mean, uh, visualize myself speaking on stages. Um, I did that for, you know, um, almost three years straight. And then before I knew it, I found myself speaking on very large stages and making really good money, um, doing really powerful things from a stage. Um, and people can sit there and I mean, I had people sitting there asking me, who did you get trained by? Like, did you have a speaker trainer or something? I'm like, I had zero of that. The only thing is, is I, number one, is I believe I'm a great speaker. And number two is I saw myself doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again before bed every single night for years to the point whenever I actually got on a real stage to do it, my brain was like, oh, this is like your, you know, thousand time doing it. You know, like do it again. Like my brain was so used to that happening that when it came to the, you know, air quote, real, real world, it turned on so easily because I've already done it so many times in my own mind because your mind can't see through your skull at all. That's big. Uh, now it got me thinking, you know, when people use their voice and especially comedians, you know, you laugh because of this way that they tune their voice and the way their intonations are. Now, for someone who is a public speaker or wants to be a public speaker, what are the major things they have to think about before they get in on that stage or just speaking to a large number of people, even if it's a short well, room? Very, very simply, you know, I'm not like a speaker trainer or anything like that. But from my experience, what I would say is it, it comes down to number number one, believing that you can do it, like you are a good speaker. I know that sounds so simple, but... <laughs> Without that kind of belief, you don't act on it and you won't train, you won't try to get better, you won't, you know, look into stories, like you won't do the things that'll make you a better speaker. So that's number one. Um, number two is study what works. I spent, uh, you know, I'm the kind of guy who I don't really watch TV, but at the end of every day, I watch TED Talks. I've watched, can't even say, at least, I mean, like at least 500 different TED Talks. I watch so many different TED Talks um, and I study their speaking structure. So that's another way I got good at speaking, was just watching how other speakers spoke. So do you involve yourself with other, do you engage in other speakers um, and other speakers who are really good? So study really good speakers and that's what I did. And then learn how to speak from your belly. There is a speaking, there is a speaking voice and that speaking voice is through your belly. Like right now I'm speaking through my belly. This entire conversation, I've been speaking from my belly. I can speak from my chest and if I speak from my chest, I sound a little bit higher. And so if I speak from my chest, how powerful do I sound? I don't sound so powerful whenever I start speaking from my belly. I'm able to channel like a more certain and direct tone and that kind of tone from a stage really drives somebody to take an action. So learning how to get into your speaker voice, right? Learning how to speak from your belly is very, very important. Um, 
and uh, and then also um, giving yourself tons of opportunities to speak. I started pitching a bunch of different podcasts and a bunch of different stages um, to speak because I knew that the more reps I can get in, the better and better I could get at it. Just like when I became a hypnotherapist, before I ever took on my first paying client, I did like a hundred and something sessions for free because I wanted to be one of the best. And so when I started charging people, I was okay with charging $3,000 for one session because I knew that, yo, I'm good at what I do. I have a track record and I can do this thing. And so building up that, that those reps, repetition is extremely important. So whether you're speaking in front of one person, two people, three people, whether you're speaking on podcasts, whether you're whatever that is, um, make sure you're consistently and forcefully. I'm going to say forcefully. I know people say you don't want to like force yourself. It's wrong. You want to take action. Forcefully put yourself into situations where you are in a position to speak to a, a group of people. I did not have opportunities to fall on my lap. I actively found them and I actively reached out and I actively forced myself into positions where I was able to get those reps in. Mm -hmm. So very important that you like work on actually getting your reps in as opposed to reading books and watching speakers. That's great. Working on your speaking voice. That's great. But if you're not actually getting the reps in any way, shape or form, um, all you are is a good speaker in your mind, but you likely suck in real life. And so so I say that with love, though, because I really want people to understand the power of like putting yourself out there and putting the repetition in. You're so right. I think also the imposter syndrome is a big thing because they're wondering, oh, what do people think? Why would they think about me? Would they buy my course? Would they buy my program? You know, but if you don't believe in your own program or your own voice, how will somebody believe in what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... My belief, my, if I was on this podcast and I felt like I was a phony, you would feel everything. If I was feeling like, oh my God, I'm not really that good. You'd be like, you'd feel it, right? You probably wouldn't be saying it, but you'd be feeling it. Yeah. And so, yeah, your your own energy is going to impact anybody. And also keep in mind, um, people only think about you when you think about them thinking about you. What I mean by that is when somebody says, like, what are people thinking about me? I'm like, wait, wait, real quick. Imagine if you just stop thinking about them. Do are they thinking about you? Like in your mind, it doesn't matter. Like I can walk. What I'm saying is, I can walk through a. You know, I can walk through the mall, and I can think everybody's thinking about me. Or I can just walk through the mall, enjoy myself, and then what everybody's thinking doesn't even exist to me. So when people are they're scared of what other people are thinking, it's because they're the one thinking about what other people are thinking about. They're the source of it. If you just dropped what other people are even thinking, what other people are thinking has no effect on you in any way, shape, or form. And so I, I use the same analogy in the gym. You know, I'm like, look, nobody cares about you in the gym. When you're in the gym, the people who are there, they're just working out and they want to go home. When I'm in the gym and I see somebody who looks like they don't know what they're doing, I'm not, I'm not thinking anything about them. I'm just like, okay, look, I just need to do my reps. I need to get out of this gym, right? And so also keep in mind, I mean, even if somebody is thinking about you, who cares? I mean, like, be very blunt. Who cares? It can't do anything to you. If I can go to sleep at night, if I can eat food, if I can drink water, if I can do all of that, I don't care about what people think. So true. So, so true. I appreciate that. You know, one of the things I wanted to even touch on, you know, before we close is 
how you grew your business, you know, with podcast guesting, which people believe or think is hard to do uh, because they don't know where to start, who to look out for, what to even say. Oh, yeah. So how did you get to a point where now you, you don't even run ads, so to speak, you know, and you're just yeah, for sure. organic? Zero ads. So the, I, I, I didn't spend a single dollar in ads to grow my business. So basically in 2022, we did over a quarter million um, in sales. And if you look at the average hypnotherapist uh, salary, it's about $45,000. So I... You know, I don't know what X that is, but I did a lot more than that. Um, and the way that I did that was I was struggling at first. So uh, interesting story. When I be when I was in as a fit when I was a fitness coach, I was making a lot of money. Um, and then all of a sudden, I just started the business started going down. I went from making over three hundred thousand dollars to you know tanking. Uh, I had like you know I remember how like maybe over a hundred grand to my name, like in my bank account. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. All the way down to like $7,000. Like I lost a lot of money because I was number one, I was not caring about my clients anymore. So I was having a lot of refunds because I was only focused on making more money, right? Like I went through that phase. I went through that learning phase of, um, you know, I made money and I was like, oh, this is great. Let me like make more money. And I went through that phase of like, only trying to make money and not really caring about the product and that came and bit me back um you know started losing a lot of customers and then uh, i was in a crappy mental state so i was making dumb decisions with my money um like six figure mistakes that i was lose six figures pretty quickly so i started losing a lot of money and i found myself struggling again so from this point i was like okay as i opened up my hypnotherapy business I decided to use all the same tactics I used to grow my fitness business with my hypnotherapy business, which was simple. It was all the organic stuff, making two posts on Facebook every single day, adding 50 people a day, DMing every, DMing 50 to 100 people a day, and just living on social media, making all of these posts early, trying to get clients. But I went six months without getting a client. I went a long period of time struggling and just, it wasn't working for my hypnotherapy business. And so I sat there and I was like, okay, there has to be another way to do this. And something special happened. One day, my one of my clients, she had a, she had a business mastermind. So I hypnotized her, helped her, I forgot exactly what I helped her with, but it changed her life. And she was like, Adrian, I want you to come do a, a talk. Can you come speak to my clients? I was like, already confident in my speaking abilities because of all the stuff I've done. I was like, okay, I can definitely speak to them. So I go, it was a virtual talk, it was on Zoom. There was only nine students. I was like a little bummed. I was like, okay, I thought it would be a bigger crowd. It was only nine, but after the talk, Two out of the nine ended up messaging me. As I was walking downstairs, I did the talk, I was walking down the stairs and my leg vibrates. And I reach into my pocket, I get a message. And then a few seconds later, a second message. And both of those messages were from clients who were on that show, I mean, who were on that talk. And they said, how can I work with you? And then they both ended up paying me $5,000 that day to become hypnotherapy clients of mine. And I made $10,000 from that single talk. And then two days go by, another client reaches out and they said, hey, I just watched that replay and how do I work with you now? And that was $15,000 from that one talk. And when I made that money that I desperately needed, 
the epiphany hit me. Holy crap. The best possible way to grow your business and to get clients is to get the people who already have your custom, your, your dream audience, who already have their attention, get them to endorse you. Because if you can get them to endorse you, all of those people become your people. And so I was like, okay, now that I got this big idea, how do I put this into work? I was like, okay, I can maybe start getting, I can start speaking to more masterminds. So as I was looking to speak to more masterminds, I was making a list, another thought hit me. Why don't you get on podcast? Because podcast are like masterminds. Even though it's a small, even though some podcasts may even have a small audience, it's an engaged audience. And I knew if I can get on, I knew that my, my, my ideal audience was an entrepreneur. So I knew that entrepreneurs listen to podcasts. So I was like, if I can get booked on a podcast that they listen to and use the power of storytelling exactly how I'm doing right now, I can a thousand percent influence at least one person in that crowd to join my list and become a client of mine. And so I started making a big list of podcasts and over the last uh, in over 2021 to 2022, I pitched 121 shows and I got booked on 52 of those. That's a 42.9% success rate. Um, booking rate, that's very high. The average booking rate is 5% when it comes to cold pitches. So 5% to 42%, massively a massive jump. And, though, and um, I was able to turn that into over six figures worth of actual business. And the way that I did that was very simple. I'm going to go through it quickly, but give enough context so people understand. The first step is finding your dream 100. There is a three-step framework to doing this. The first step is to find that dream 100. In other words, which podcast that if you got booked on would change your business? What 100 podcasts already have your dream audience? How can you get in front of them? Right. So if you make a list of this podcast, because what happens is you want to make a list of this of, of, of all of these podcasts, because this is where you're going to spend your marketing efforts now. And so once you have this list, what you do then is you want to pitch them in a way that turns you into a yes. If we look. OK, so funny. OK, so another quick story. When I thought of this new idea of okay, podcast guessing, this is it. There is this woman who's really big in this space. I bought a course from her on how to get booked on podcasts. She taught me how to pitch. I send 40 pitches out. Nothing comes back. I'm like, okay, there has to be something wrong with this. Why is nobody reaching out to me out of these pitches? So instead of sending another 40 pitches, I stopped. And I said, let me review this email and see why this pitch isn't working. And as I looked at the pitch, it became very clear why it didn't work. Number one is a pitch started like this. Hey, my name is Adrian Moreno and I am a hypnotherapist and I do blank, 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 blank. The first rule of marketing is nobody cares about me. So I'm sitting here opening up an email about me. If I'm a complete stranger and I send you an email and the first lines are talking about me, what's the likelihood that you're going to finish that email? You just delete Not that likely. You, you're like, I don't care, dude. Like, I don't know who you are. Why are you telling me your story right now? You don't really care. That was the first reason it didn't work. The second reason that email didn't work was because it was 900 words, meaning it felt like a freaking chore to read. If you open up an email that's 900 words, what's the likelihood in today's age that you're going to read that email? 
And so I was like, okay, I have to change my approach. I know that my strength is my ability to speak. I know it's my personality. I know it's my cadence, my tone, my pauses. If they can see that, they would absolutely want me on their show. And so instead of typing my pitch, I turned the webcam on and I told my story the same exact way I pitched to you. And I start and I sent 10 of those out. And, this, and I want to be clear, this is not one video pitch. This is, this is video, this is one video pitch per podcast. It wasn't one video that I sent out to a hundred podcasts. If I pitched a hundred podcasts, I made a hundred videos. I said their name. I said their name of the podcast. I talked about why I love their show. I made it so they were like, okay, this person actually knows who I am. And they actually checked out my stuff. And so this is not some crazy guy just reaching out to me. And I opened up the pitch talking all about you, all about them. Because I say their, I say their name. The, the second word out of my mouth when I pitched you was your name. Same with everybody else. The second word out of my mouth is always their name. Why? Because our name is our most favorite language, favorite word in the in, in the universe. When we hear it, we listen. And so I say their name. I say the name of their show. It makes them want to listen even more. And then I let them know why I like them. And then I communicate my story after I talk about them. And so in that video pitch, I then go into my story. And I introduce myself that way. Instead of saying, I do this, I say, my name is Adrian. And when I was four years old, my life was deeply impacted. When I saw my dad and my mom have a fight that led them to divorce. That is how I introduce myself. As opposed to introducing myself the traditional way, I introduce myself through a story. Because as you were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, stories are extremely powerful. Stories sell because stories create images in people's minds when you have an image in your mind you're likely to act right when you have an image in your mind it influences you like right now if you think of somebody scratching a chalkboard with their nails and making that screeching noise that image in your mind makes you act in a certain way so when you can create a picture in somebody's mind through a story you can influence them to do something. And so in that video pitch, I tell my story. And then I end with a powerful, clear CTA. Hey, if you want to collaborate, let me know what the best next steps are so we can be so I can get this taken care of and we can get booked on your show. A very clear approach to getting actually on the show. <clears throat> to actually getting booked on the show. And so that's the second. That's the so first pillar is building your dream 100. Second is creating what I call a power pitch. And third is what I call being a power guest. So if you pay attention to the, to the way I've answered almost every one of your questions, I've answered almost every one of your questions through a story. Almost every single one that you've asked me has been through a story. Because again, stories are extremely powerful. So I answer almost all questions through either my story or a client story. Because when it does this, it highlights me as the expert. And if somebody's going through something similar to my story and I share my breakthrough, it makes them believe I can then help them break through too. And now they're more likely to be like, I want to work with that guy, right? Because when, when you also tell your story, they get the opportunity to know, like, and trust you. And what do people need to buy from you? They need, before they need money, they need to know, like, and trust you. And if they know, like, and trust you, they're going to buy. And that's also why podcasting works beautifully. Because your audience that listens every week, man, they know, like, and trust you already. 
And so if you come on here and say, this guy, this, this is an awesome guy, this is an awesome guy, he's doing cool stuff, they're going to be like, okay, well, since I trust you, I trust this guy too. It becomes a lot easier to become an authority. Like right now, I'm already being seen as an authority by your audience because of this interview. And so that's another reason why it's powerful. But right. back to the third step of being a power guest. Answer every question through a client story or your story. And the most important part about being a power guest is at the end of every podcast, people typically ask, the host will typically ask, how can the audience reach you? How can the audience follow you? How can the audience contact you? What most podcast guests do is this. Yeah, you can uh, check out my, my, my website. Uh, you can check out my Instagram here. My at is at blah, blah, blah. You can check out my Twitter. Um, I'm also on, uh, you know, Facebook. I also have this lead magnet. They list out every freaking way to reach out to them. The problem is this creates a problem of too many options. Mm -hmm. Human beings, when we have too many options, we typically don't pick. We typically don't choose. And so what I do when somebody asks me, where does the audience reach out to you? You're going to see it happen here, too. I only give one place to reach me. And that one place to reach me is a lead magnet. It's an opt-in that's going to capture their name and their email. Because when I have their name and their email, now they're on my email list. I have a 55% open rate and a... 13% click rate, which is really high. And now I know for a fact that if I get these people in my email list, I know that by email five, when I make my pitch, they're gonna buy. And that's how I turn them into actual paying customers. Is I'm like, hey, if you wanna follow me, instead of here trying to find me on all these places, just go to www.blank.com where I'm gonna show you how to blank without blank in X time, even if blank, right? So it's like a lead magnet I'm giving them, it's something I'm giving them, and who the people who are interested in that, I'm like, oh, I totally wanna grab that. Now they're on my email list, and I use what Russell Brunson calls a soap opera email sequence. And I have a soap opera email sequence that is um, that is designed to close them on day five. And then I close the rest of them within day five to day eight. And then if they don't buy by day eight, they hit my daily email list or I'm constantly in their email every single day making an offer until they buy my course, until they book a call, until they buy whatever I'm offering. And so that's how you actually turn the interviews into evergreen marketing funnels. Like last week, I got 148 people who joined my email list from one podcast interview that got released. So one interview got released. 148 people listening to that podcast thought this guy's interesting enough to go ahead and follow and in one day I grew my list by that large and that happened on February that happened on January 31st if I can be a thousand maybe not 100% accurate but I probably made like 50 grand off of that 148 people who joined my list and bought my course right um so that's how you monetize the crap out of podcasting is you want to direct people to a follow-up funnel because right now I'm renting your list right now I am using your list I'm leveraging the the audience that you built and if and if I want to get a return right I have to turn that list from a rented list to an owned list an owned list 
is my email list. When you're on my email list, I now can message you as much as I want. I can tell you all kinds of different stories and I can build a stronger relationship with you. And so um, that's how I was able to grow my business last year, man, through uh, podcast guesting. And it's and it's been freaking phenomenal ever since then. Uh, I've, we have a wait list of almost like six weeks at this point. Um, and yeah, that's exactly how I did it. And now I have a course where I show people how to do this and I sell the crap out of it through the same exact strategy. Wow, bro. This is definitely gonna be one of the top episodes of the year. And we're not even halfway through the year. <laughs> so I know. I'm like, hey, a nice statement. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, for real, I appreciate it. I think it's very knowledgeable and people would love to take this information, replay it, understand it, conceptualize it, and then act on it because this is the beginning of what you call growth because mm-hmm. it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's something that you can't, you can't ignore it. You know, you just have to grow. But if you don't grow with the times, then the times is just going to outgrow you. Exactly. And right now, with you think talking about the times, this is a prime time to be podcast guessing because number one, podcasts are uh, the, the people who listen to podcasts is, is um, looking to grow to half a billion by 2024. Um, 56% of podcast listeners say they actually like being marketed to on podcasts. Like they don't mind it. They're like, oh, it's, I don't really mind. It's cool. Um, 86% of consumers say they actually buy something because of it being marketed over and over again on a podcast and the average podcast listener the household makes about 150,000 to a quarter million dollars a year so podcast listeners typically make more money than your average person because they're educating themselves more often so it's just like readers typically make more money podcast listeners make more money so that means they have the money to pay you and so it's a gold mine for anybody who's like a coach, an expert, you know, um, some kind of consultant, an author, um, a podcaster, any kind of influencer who wants to grow their personal brand, podcasting is a beautiful way to do it. And I'm not sure how long it's going to be a beautiful way to do it. But what I do know is this time right now is a gold mine for podcasting. Facts. That is so true. And that's what made me start in 2019 because... You know, I use this as an alter ego for my music and I was like, if I want to connect with people, how can I do it in a pandemic where everybody is home? So even mm, before the smart pan- man. you know, even before the pandemic happened, I already had this in my mind, not thinking that it was gonna be that disastrous. But now look, four years later, I'm still on and we're in season six and I've met so many people I wouldn't have met if it wasn't for the show. So that's another thing. It builds so many relationships. Like, man, I've gotten crazy joint venture opportunities. I've gotten speaking opportunities. Like I'll do a podcast afterwards. I'm like, man, that was good. Do you, I'm having a, I'm throwing a convention in two months. Like, are you looking for speaking gigs? Like that has happened. I can't even tell you how many times. So it, it, it helps you get opportunities through getting relationships that you probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise or probably would have taken you years to do otherwise. Like I built solid relationships with very influential people, right? Like you have influence. 
I'm building a relationship with you right now. What better way to break the ice than an in-depth conversation like this? Yeah. Right? And so it's a hidden benefit of podcast guesting is the relationships that you build that can put you an opportunity that can give you more opportunities because every relationship is a doorway to more opportunities so true so so true man thank you so much i appreciate you adrian for being here today and being part of the conversation Absolutely. i'm definitely going to bring you back that's for sure, for sure. i love that man i love that that's Sorry, I've been scratching my nose like the last 10 minutes. This thing just started itching on me. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You know, I'm sure people are wondering now, because you said it, how can people find you? Like, now they want to hear the, the what do you call it, the icing on the cake. Exactly, yeah. So, so now you guys want to see it put into play. So, if you want to follow me, um, the best way to do that is actually to repeat my email list. And the reason why is because I'm going to teach you a crap load of stuff and you get to learn about me a lot more. But I want to give you a reason to join it. So, if you actually want to learn, the, if you want to steal the exact framework that I use to get booked on 52 podcasts and generate over a quarter million dollars in a single calendar year, and like you want to actually go into that three-step framework I laid out and you want to go into more depth, go to www.thepowerpitch.co slash PDF. I'm sure you'll drop it in the show notes. But if you go to that website, it's going to take you to a page where you can get the actual framework that I've used to get booked on shows so you can start doing it yourself. And um, I encourage you, once you download that lead magnet, study the emails I send you and watch how they work because they work very well and you can model them and uh it's business coaching right there for free right but uh there you go that'll be the best way to reach out to me one more time thepowerpitch.co slash pdf give me your information and we'll be best friends forever amazing thank you so much adrian i appreciate you man god bless you and i hope to see you very soon again and thank you so much for gracing this show today thanks for having me anytime